Jen. And this is Dom. And you're listening to... 99% Chance of... Wine and Murder! <laughs> Happy New Year! Oh, it's great to be home, I tell you. Yeah, how's your uh, Christmas away? Well, you know, it was good. Newfoundland was nice. Yeah? Yeah. Dom was gone for the longest time. Three weeks, people. I didn't like it. No, I, I missed very, you, Jen. It was a very long time. It, it was hard. I, I sat in bed and listened to our podcast like 18 times. <laughs> That's why there's so many listens. Yeah. <laughs> Dreaming about your face. It's like, oh, I really oh, miss Jen today. Here every episode. Every episode. That's cute. Did you get any amazing Christmas presents? <laughs> yeah. We got lots of nice stuff and did lots of stuff. We went on a quad ride while we were there. Fun. Visited my grandparents lots, which was nice. Nice. Good. Well, that's good. Was it cold? It was fucking freezing. The wind there sucks. Well, you're right on the ocean. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> but other than that, how about your Christmas? It was good. It was pretty low key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> My boyfriend got me the best gift ever. He us. got me. He got us. Sorry, us. Us, because he said we're gonna do it all together. But really, it, it's Jen's. But it's mine now. Yeah, because he bought it. Because he said. We could probably do this, like, as a double date. Because he's amazing. <laughs> so he bought me this thing called Hunt a Killer. Hunt a Killer. Which means we get to solve murders. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. Have I mentioned how much I love Dave? <laughs> I just, I like him more and more every time I talk to you. Yeah. But with best. that gift, he was, like, top of my list. I, like, year. opened it and was, like, screaming. And he was like, so you like it? but. Of course I do! You're like, uh, duh. You knew this was perfect! <laughs> we wanted it, but we were too cheap to buy it ourselves. <laughs> good thing I have a good boyfriend. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, I just need to do a quick correction from the last episode that my brother told me about. Yeah, Jen. The podcast that I told you about to do with the attic, which has now scared Dom for the rest of her life, just FYI. Can't even sleep on my own side of the bed. Um... Yeah. So, it's not Serial, the podcast. It's called Criminal. <laughs> so, my bad. She fucked up, guys. Whoops. So, if you guys want to listen to that podcast about the creepy person living called, in the attic. It's called Criminal. It's Criminal. <laughs> I will not be listening to that part of that episode. I mean, I told you. I mean, I, I just can't go through that again. <laughs> I've finally gotten to the point where I can close my eyes at night now. <laughs> When you, like, look up and you're like, oh, there's the attic. Like, thinking about asking my roommate to switch rooms. Like, fuck. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting you have a roommate now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was Stone just away, too, for three weeks. It's oh, was he? Yeah. Oh. Does he, is he from somewhere else? New Brunswick. Oh, you guys were basically at the same spot. Yeah. Did you guys hang out? No. <laughs> it's different. It's a different spot. Oh. Yeah. I don't know anything. Everybody thinks, oh, you're from Newfoundland. You must know that person. Okay, nope. I feel like a total asshole now because people are say that about Airdrie. <laughs> they're like, oh, do you know this person? I'm like, there's 60,000 people in Airdrie. Yeah, so. you're like, I don't fucking know them. <laughs> okay, wow. so I think that we promised everybody to read a really harsh murder for our New Year's one. Yeah, this one was recommended to us by our friend Deb. Yeah, um, and let me tell you, Dom and I are both obviously huge true crime fans, but... I I had a hard time getting through this. And honestly, yeah. afterwards, 
Dave asked me what was wrong, and I was like, I, I just need a minute. Yeah, we're, uh, we are going to warn people, this episode is really graphic, uh, and we're actually choosing to leave some portions of it out. So if you are interested in it, you can look it up online. Um, yeah, just because not everyone wants to know everything. No, and um, I just think that, though, even though it's very harsh and needs to be told because this girl did not deserve this. No. Well, I mean, no one does. No. But, I mean, this was... And a big thing, if you know something's going on in somebody else's life or they're miserable or being held captive somehow or being abused, fucking speak out. Yeah. Like, you think it's just going to be bad for them or whatever, but you could be saving their lives and... Oh, 100%. It's really important to help other people in any way you can. Yeah. Well... Okay, so also this murder happened in Japan... So please bear with us when we say names of people or places because, I mean, we're not great. Yeah. We even researched, like, sound words and it just, you know. Yeah. With our accents, I just don't think it's possible. (laughs) I don't know Japanese very well, but. No. Um, Okay. Yeah. So, okay, also what I told Dawn before we get started is she died... On January 4th, which is when we're releasing the episode, and I had no idea at the time we decided, which I yep. think is kind of crazy. It is really, really crazy. What is that? 19... 1989? Are you trying to get onto my phone? <laughs> what is happening with your... 1989? Yeah. 30 years ago, tomorrow. Oh, shit! I didn't even so yeah, this happened, well, she died 30 years ago tomorrow, which is quite sad. Aw, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, also, side note to January 4th, it's Dave's birthday tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday, Dave! Happy birthday, Dave! I told him we'd give him a shout out. Oh, I thought it was Saturday for some no, reason. No, it's, it's That's tomorrow. so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, now that we're done talking about my boyfriend so much this yeah. episode... It's fine. He's awesome. Um, okay. Here we go. Again, super hard to hear. Super graphic. But it needs to be told. Okay. So this is the murder of Junko Furuta. Is that how you would have said it as well? Yeah. Okay. Um, so in Japan, this was known as the concrete encased high school girl murder case. Uh, because her body was discovered in a concrete drum. So the murder was mainly uh, perpetrated by four teenage boys. Uh, Hiroshi Mignano, who has now changed his name to Hiroshi Yakuyama. Joe Ogira, uh, who has now changed his name to Joe Kamasiku. Um, and... And also um, Shinji Minato and Yasushi Wat- Watanabe. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're going to commit the crime, you shouldn't be allowed to change your name. Like, fuck well, you. Well, and everybody knows what it is. Like, okay. there's no point in If there's an accident or if you're like, you know, there's, there's obviously cases where, yeah, they should be able to change their name. But in something like this... Fuck you. You should yeah. be haunted for the rest of your life. I agree, but I don't think they care. 
Um, okay, so our victim was born on November 22nd, 1971. Um, so she attended Yashio Minami High School and worked as a part-time employee during school hours. She was known to be popular and good-looking, which made some of her classmates envious. However, she was looked down upon by the gangster-like teenagers since she didn't want to smoke, drink alcohol, or use drugs. So one of the four boys, Hiroshi Mignano, um, he was like a huge bully in school, but he had a crush on her. And he asked her out, but she ended up turning him down because she she was just focused on schoolwork and she just wasn't really looking for a relationship. Yeah, she's like a good girl. Yeah, she's a good girl. Um, so basically... He was, he was, a uh, he had connections to the Yakuza, Yakuza, Yakuza gang? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> he was a part of it, or he had connections, I don't know, but I guess no one ever turned him down for anything, because he, you know, they were scared of him, basically. Yeah, they didn't want to get um, And so up. she was the first one to ever reject, reject him. him. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah, so on November 25th, 1988, uh, she was bicycling home from her part-time job, and basically around 8.30 p.m., Minato kicked her off her bike and fled. Uh, What she didn't know is that Minayo pretended to be innocent. He actually told his friend to kick her off the bike. And in return, he offered to walk her home, pretending to be, you know, super friendly. He really wanted to date her, all of this. Instead of bringing her home, like he said he would, he led her to a nearby warehouse, all the while threatening to kill her while he raped her, and then he brought her to a hotel. He then began raping her there as well, but made it even worse when he called and bragged to his friends who asked him to keep her so they could have a turn. I mean, I don't know how you can fucking keep a person because they're not an object. You can't just But that his friends are like, them. yo, man, maybe you should let her go. No, yeah. I want to keep her so that I can come and rape her. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So around 3 a.m. that night, Miano took her to a park where Minato... Ogura and Wanatanabe were waiting. They took her to a house in Aie's district, and this was actually Minato's parents' house, and they gang-raped her multiple times. Uh, On November 27th, her parents reported her missing, and in return, the abductors made her call her parents to say she ran away, and to call off the police. So basically to buy them a little more time. And all this time, the Minatos actually knew that their son was doing this. They were too afraid of his connections to the Yakuza gang to actually butt in and call the cops on their own son. This is your part, Jen. I'm just like, sorry, I just get so... You can do it. Jen is doing this part because I li- literally cannot read it out loud okay so these are the details of what they uh did to her um she was held captive for 44 days uh where she was abused raped and tortured 
They also invited and encouraged their other friends from the gang to torment her. Um, so according to their trial statements, the four of them raped her over 400 times, beat her, starved her, hung her from the ceiling, and used her as a punching bag. They also dropped barbells onto her stomach, forced her to eat live cockroaches, and drink her own urine. Um, they inserted foreign objects into her, into her vagina. Uh, they burned her with cigarettes and lighters and her eyelids with hot wax. And just to make things worse, one of the things they inserted into her vagina were fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some of the torturer's friends had a, have been officially identified, including... Tetsuo Nakuma, who's now changed his name to Tetsuo Yamada, and Kochi Hira, who were charged with rape after their DNA was found on her body. Uh, apparently, uh, Kochi was bullied into raping her by, by the boys, which, I mean... Come on. Really? You can, I, uh, it just, it, this part just gets worse. Uh, so after he, and then I guess after he did it and left the household, he told his brother about it. His brother, uh, told his parents who contacted police. So two police, were you going to talk about this? One? No, you, you got talk about it. Okay. Two police officers fucking showed up to the house and the parents said there was no girl inside. So the police officers declined their offer. The invitation to come in and look around the fucking house. So, I mean, all of her stuff could have been ender- ended, what was this, after 16 days or something? Yeah. And instead, she was there for almost another month. Yeah. So, after this came out, both officers faced considerable, bu- considerable sorry, backlash from the community. Had they done their due, jil- due, jil- I can't say due, due diligence? Oh, I can never say that word. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she, it would have been done over, after 16 days, and she could have recovered from her injuries. I mean, even the injuries she had at that point were, I mean, super extensive. So the officers were fired, uh, for failing to follow procedure. Yeah. Do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, not too long after the cops showed up at her house, or up at their house, sorry, Faruda tried calling the police, and this is the beginning of December, but her abductors caught her and punished her by putting lighter fluid on her legs and feet and setting her on fire. Due to these injuries, she seizured, but they didn't think she was actually seizuring, so they set her on fire again. She survived... And then they severely beat her for losing bowel and bladder control, as well as vomiting, every single time she had one of these episodes. After a two-hour attack, it resulted in her death. From there, they put her body in blankets in a travel bag, put it in a 55-gallon drum, filled it with concrete, and 8 p.m. loaded it into the cement truck. So really, at this point, they thought they had the perfect hiding spot for her. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so... Less than 24, um, sorry, I'm in the wrong spot. I also wanted to say that, uh, before we go on, that they also, part of her torture was they made her sleep outside, and I mean, this oh, was yes. in the winter. in the cold. Yeah, um, and that when they went out, they locked her in a freezer. Yeah. Um, not to mention that I think it, halfway through December, they kidnapped another girl and gang raped her because Faruda's body smelled so bad from what they had been doing to her that none of them could touch her at this point. Um, so then, yeah, then on January 23rd, Hirosho and Joe were arrested for that gang rape of that woman. Um... And on March 29th, two officers came to interrogate them. I don't know why it took so long. No, me neither. Um, as, <clears throat> as a woman's underwear had been found at both of their addresses. So I guess um, the police were talking to them and they knew, they said they knew about a murder. Right. And that they thought they did something. But really police thought that they knew of, were asking the boys about a murder of, a mom and her child. Right. And so when um, they started to confess to this murder... They were, like, blown away. Yeah, they were like, what are you talking about, basically? Um, <clears throat> so... So then they gave... Uh, they gave the location away of where they could find her, thinking that they'd get, like, a lesser sentence or whatever. Right. So they found her encased in this concrete drum, and they had to identify her by dental records and DNA because she was so, like, she was unrecognizable because of her, how badly beaten she was. So despite the shocking brutality of their crime, the identities of the boys were initially sealed by the court because they were juveniles at the time of the crime. Journalists and the prosecutors discovered their identity and published them. Which they, they should. stated, given the severity of the crime, the accused did not deserve to have the right um, to not be known, right. basically. Um, all four boys decided to plead guilty to committing bodily harm injury that resulted in death rather than murder. Yeah, no. Like, you tortured her yeah. for 44 days... Like, horrendous torture. Horrendous. And then she fucking died because you set her on fire multiple times after she seizured and then be her for two hours. Yeah. Like, no, like, you fucking murdered her. It, the thing is, though, like, I, I just don't, it's, it's not like they killed her and, like, raped her and killed her, which is freaking horrible anyways. For 44 days, they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. And to make things worse, over 100 individuals in the area knew of her whereabouts and what was going on, and not a single person person. spoke up about it. No. I mean, I get being afraid of the gang and what they'll do, obviously. They're fucking terrible people. But how in the fuck could you ever know somebody was going through that and not tell the police. Exactly. Like, I guess, like, the one guy did. But then he should have been more persistent when they didn't go in and take her. Even police didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's 
of course someone's going to offer you to come in and look around their house when they're guilty because then it looks make it makes them look not guilty. <laughs> well, exactly. Like follow through with the invitation and fuck them up. Yeah. Yeah. So, in July of 1990, a lower court sentenced Hiroshia Miyana, the alleged leader of the crime, to 17 years in prison. He appealed his sentence, but the judge then sentenced him to an additional three years. Yeah. Good. Which, I mean, they should have been, they should have had life. Life without parole. The 20-year sentence is the second highest sentence after life imprisonment. He was 18 at the time of the murder. Uh, his his mother reportedly sent um, her parents 50 million yen, which is 450,000 US, after selling their family home. Kind of as like an apology. Yeah. But I mean, the apology should have been fucking telling the police about her son. Yep. In 2004, he tried to get parole, but due to an incident, it was denied. And then in January 2013, he was rearrested for fraud. But due to insufficient evidence, he was released without charge on the 31st of that month. Why do you let people like that back out into the world? I don't get it. Like, there's no well, such thing have, as rehabilitation well, they have no for people like that. For someone who can do that to someone. Like, how how do you get better from that? You know what I mean? Like, I get it if you, like... Okay, I don't agree with murder at all. But I get it if, more so, if it's, like, a quick you know accident type thing or you're defending yourself or whatever at least then yeah you could probably be rehabilitated in the sense that it was a one-time thing and you really fucked up but maybe by some chance you could be rehabilitated I don't even really believe in it then but for 44 days of torturing a young girl you can't fucking rehabilitate someone from that they're just fucked up no like, give me a fucking break. Um, so the guy who helped um, Hiroshi um, abduct her, he received a four to six year sentence, which was resentenced to five to nine years by the judge because he appealed it. Good for this judge. Um, he was 16 at the time of the murder. Um, his parents and his brother were not charged. So that's where, like, the house, that's the house that they were yeah. at. Why weren't they charged? Shouldn't they be charged with, like, aiding and abetting or something? I don't know. Like, in the U.S. and Canada, they would be. Yeah. So I guess, he, I mean, he's since gone out, gotten out of jail, and he's moved in with his mother, and he has not worked since. Oh, man. He should be, like, subjected to, like... Terrible life They shouldn't be able to change their names. Everyone should be able to know who they are. They should yeah. live the rest of their life in exile. <clears throat> yeah. Yasushi Watanabe, Watanabe, sorry, who was originally sentenced to three to four years in prison, received an upgraded sentence of five to seven years. He was 17 at the time of the murder. After his release, he married a Romanian woman. Or her... Um, this is, this is horrible. So, for his participation in the crime, Joe Ogira served eight years at a juvenile prison uh, before he was released in August of 1999. He was 17 at the time of the murder. After his release, he is said uh, to have boasted about his role in the kidnapping, rape, and torture of her. 
In, two, in July of 2004, he was arrested for assaulting a man, um, an acquaintance he thought his girlfriend may have been involved with. So I guess he tracked this guy down, beat him, and shoved him into his truck. He okay. drove him, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the distance is, but he drove him from where he got him to his mother's bar, where he allegedly beat him for four hours. During that time, he reportedly threatened to kill the man, telling him he had killed before and knew how to get away with it. Jesus. He was sentenced to seven years in prison for the assault and has since been released. This gets better. His mother allegedly vandalized Faruda's grave, stating that she had ruined her son's life. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean... You stupid bitch. I'm pretty sure her life was... Like, even just to think of how bad she felt during those times. Like, how bad she wanted her mom and dad. How how bad her body was hurting. Like, the infection she must have got. Like, so many things. And you think that your son's life was ruined? Yeah. No freaking kidding. Especially since all of the details were released. And you still are like, nah, well, he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, like... What a psycho. If I was that girl's parents, I'd fuck that bitch up. I know I'm swearing a lot in this episode, but I mean, this episode, like, this story just gets on my nerves. Um, the sentences are largely regarded as being far too light for the crimes committed. 100%. No shit. All four individuals were protected by... Um, special provisions applied to individuals 18 years old and younger, which, I mean, it's very similar in Canada and the States, like, if right. you're underage, right? Yeah, which <clears throat> makes sense, but at the same time, I it feel It makes like... sense for certain things, but for things like this, where they, they took it... Way too far. Way too far. Yeah. So, during sentencing, the judge commented that commented that exceptionally grave and atrocious violence had been inflicted upon the victim um, and that the murder that she was had been murdered so brutally at the young age of 17 her soul must be wandering in torment that's so sad hearing the details of the brutal rape and torture a spectator in the in the gallery fainted um, her mom also reportedly had a mental breakdown, which Wait. required psychiatric treatment for her. Which, I mean, how could you not, knowing your daughter went through that? Literally. I can't even, like, it, I can't even think about my child having to deal with that. So her funeral was held on April 2nd, 1989. One of her friends at the memorial stated, June Chan, welcome back. I have never dreamed that we would see you again this way. You have been, you must have been in so much pain, so much suffering. The happy we all made for the school festival looked really good on you. We will never forget you. I have heard that the headmaster has presented you with a graduation certificate. So we graduated together, all of us. June Chen, there is no more pain, no more suffering. Please rest in peace. Um, so I guess also her part-time employer, who she worked with um, prior to her kidnapping and murder, presented her parents with the uniform she would need to wear as a full-time employee. The uniform was placed in her coffin. 
The location near where her body was discovered has been developed since and is now a park. That's nice. Yeah. So that is that. And again, we did leave out lots of very graphic details of what they did to her. Um, just because even what we did put in there was a little bit much. So, you can always look it up online. And again, let's reiterate how important it is to speak out for other people going through any type of violence or abuse or discomfort, anything in their lives. You need to speak out. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I when I was researching this a little bit more, um, shocker, I looked at the images. You did? I didn't. I couldn't. Yeah, we, well, I usually get images for our episodes, right? Yeah, I couldn't. Um, apparently, though, I found out that there was a movie made oh. in regards to this. Like, it, it was like... Um, you know what bothered me the most, though? Can I just show you this? Also, like, these are the four kids, but three of their eyes are blacked out because they were underage. Like, fuck you. They're, they're all ugly. Anyways. <laughs> I mean... Um... Oh, Jen, don't show me those images. Yeah. <clears throat> Ugh. I read this story eight different times because I had to keep shutting off my computer at different parts because I couldn't get through it. Well, you keep imagining, like, what she would have went through and, like, I... uh, It's so bad. I, I can't even imagine someone doing that. Stop showing the images, Jen. That's rough, though. It's just, like, it's your hair in a concrete drum, but you're, like... I might kill Jen if she keeps showing me these images. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. It's just, yeah. it's crazy. I, I just, I just don't understand. This poor girl who just wanted to live her best life and be, finish school and go to a good college and she didn't get the opportunity to because she didn't want to party like the rest of her classmates. Yeah. And because someone's ego got in the way. Well, you know, when they die, they'll get what's coming to them. So, I'd like to give another shout out to Deb. Thank you, Deb. Even though this bothered us greatly. we uh... As you guys can tell, we kind of flew through that story. <laughs> yeah, we're like, okay, here it is. <laughs> we were like, this is going to take us like an hour and a half to say all this stuff. And then we kind of just did everything in point form because... Nobody really wants to listen to it. <laughs> but, I mean, we're, you guys do. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to be back to our normal stories yep. next week. So We decided once every two to three months we'll work on one big story that will be a bit longer of an episode for you guys. Well, I think that the next one we wanted to do maybe might be the picked-in one. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one. That's a huge... There's so many details to that murder. Probably take us two months just to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, remember everybody... Keep your wine glasses full. And don't get murdered.